This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter Podcast. I'm Billy Mully and today I'm joined by Dylan Bundia. It's just us two as we discuss what happened against Swansea as we picked up our first victory of the championship season. Dylan, how are you getting on today, mate? Good, mate. Good. Looking forward to breaking down our first three points in the league and, and so happy with that first win. It's funny what three points does. It's completely transformed the mood around the club. Um, we, we were speaking last week. It wasn't the um, happiest of chats, but it's the thing that we've got in our locker. It's something that Luton Town do very well. It's the bounce back. It's the the mental resilience and the, the sort of never say die attitude. We're never down for too long. And I think we displayed that that pretty much throughout the game against Swansea, restricted them to, to very little. I think the first place to start is what we just mentioned a little bit off air, um, something that, that maybe one day we'll look into a little bit deeper. But our, our record against teams that don't have... Uh, sorry, our record against teams where we don't have very much possession, it, it's just the, the kind of games that we thrive in and, and something that we take... Uh, well, when we play a team like Swansea, we, we really see the rewards. Yeah, you know, we had we had 25% of the ball against Swansea. Um, we had 28% of the ball against Burnley. And in the two other league games, Preston, we had 53%. Birmingham, we had 53%. So, you know what? We, we don't mind not having the ball. And, and at the end of the day, it's about what you do with it. It's about how effective you are with the ball. Um, that really matters. That's what gets you goals. It's not about having possession for possession's sake. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're an outstanding out of possession side. Nathan Jones said it a number of times that last year we were one of the best teams out of possession. Um, we're comfortable out of possession. 
Um, we're, we use the fact that we don't have the ball for long periods to lure teams in, to draw them out um, from where they are. And then we nick it high, we nick it in areas and we're effective. We turn them, we play over the top and we're aggressive. And But yeah, you know what? Those two games that we've got four points from, Burnley away, Swansea away, we've had you know, almost a quarter of the ball, um, basically a quarter of the ball and, um, and and been absolutely fine. So, you know, possession is not something that, that you measure with us. We were the lowest possession team in the league, I think, um, last season or one of the lowest. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's about what you do with it and we're effective with it and we're effective with it against Swansea. We're effective with it to a reasonable extent against Burnley. Um, and, and, you know, who cares when you don't have the ball? It's about what you do when you have it. Yeah, as you say, when we... When we do get the ball in in the final third, we do keep possession very well. Um, we we use the ball very well. We're, we're quick when we break. We're a side that play football in the right areas, I guess. And I think that that really showed at the weekend against Swansea. Um, it's proved to be a happy stomping ground for for us Luton boys. Three wins in in four visits since returning to a Championship club. Three of those are clean sheets as well. So it is proven to be. Quite a happy trip. I wish I went now. Um, I was in Minnesota and opted against it. Price of petrol and the train strikes really doesn't help uh, away fans at the moment. But that's a conversation for another day. We'll go a little bit into the game now, Dylan. Um, first of all, there's a couple of names that, that we will mention here. But I think it's probably best to start with your favourite Luton Town player, Admiral Musquay. Um, of course... As a as a podcast, we've been um, excited about Musque. We, we've been honest when he hasn't played too well, but we've also remained positive because there are points for optimism from from the displays he has put in. Um, of course, finding his feet, but that was a very very good display from him. Relentless off the ball, as we expect from any forward that that gets the shirt, but also productive on the ball and, and created some good openings. Yeah, it's great to see. I mean, look, it was like only a couple of weeks ago we were saying, yeah, maybe potentially someone who got out on loan, you know, unlikely to impact the squad right now, just needs some time and confidence. So, yeah, I mean, to be honest, when I saw him in the starting lineup, I was I was surprised. But with five subs, um, we can affect the game late on with Carlton Morris and Cameron Jerome. So can we get players on the pitch like Admiral Musquay, who, you know, is is not playing at his best, but he was still good. And I thought out of possession, like you said, he really impacted the game. He, he did his job. He set a platform for others to come on the pitch and, and perform like Carlton Morris, like Cameron Jerome. With the ball, you know, there was that moment in the first half where he nicked, the, nicked it and, and drove forwards. That's what he's all about. Um, and, and just had, you know, just could have shot a little bit more across the keeper, but on his weaker foot. Um, yeah, I, th- I didn't think he really laid a foot wrong, to be honest. And it was really good to see. And I think with five subs, it's so important that we have people like him around Well, he's shown that um, because it means that we have more options. We can rotate. It's three game week. Um, you know, we can rotate it and we can be much cleverer with how we get certain players on the pitch in certain key moments. Um, obviously, the game plan worked perfectly um, against Swansea, which is brilliant um, because the plan was probably always to get Carlton Morris and Cameron Jerome on in the 60th minute or so. Um but again, you need people on the pitch from the start who can do that job for 60 minutes and put the team in a position 1-0 up in a really good place and, and and then others can come on and impact it. So really happy for him. And then hopefully this is the start now of him getting more minutes, getting more rhythm and, and scoring some goals because he's, he's good enough to do that in the championship. 
Yeah, it's interesting what you say there about Musgrave coming in. Um, obviously, a fit Harry Cornick would have likely started, um, done a, a real good job off the bench last year at Swansea. Uh, it's, from what I've seen, we, we wanted to go with a bit more pace up top in, in terms of exploiting that back line. And when you're you know, suffering lots of um, time behind the ball, I, I guess you need that pace to break in behind and, and cause real problems, which I think Musgrave was, was called up for. And as we said, did a very, very good job. I'm still, I think he played really well. I do think he brings a lot to a game of football. I'm still not convinced that he'll be a loop player past past the, the summer window closing. I, I think given the fact that we still need to reduce the, the, the numbers in the squad, the fact that the forward line is as competitive as it is, Harry Cornick, I guess the the difficulty in calling this one is that we don't really know when Harry Cornick will be back available. Should he be available relatively quickly? I, I can see maybe Musquay going out on loan, maybe on deadline day or, so, or something like that. But... Yeah, I guess it's one to, for us Luton fans to see where Cornick is at. And, and I think personally he'll benefit from you know a top-end League One loan where he can rediscover his confidence because, as we said, the games against Blackpool and, and Fulham, the consecutive games in, uh, in December last year, he looked like he was you know reaching a really high level of performance, particularly that Blackpool game when he came on, a real, real game-changer. Um, and again, like what we said this year, I think the buzzword last year was athleticism. The buzzword slash two words, I don't know if the hyphen counts, but it's probably game changers because the, the five players on the bench now, or five substitutes you're allowed to make will probably make for, for you know people to come on and have that kind of impact that Nathan Jones wants. Whether that's going to be Musquay, it's going to be a hard call. Wouldn't want to wouldn't want to be in charge of that one because it's definitely a, a difficult decision to make. And the fact that there's a, a fair few other players in a similar position where they're sort of on the fringes of things is, um, yeah, one to one to keep our eye on. Anyone else for you, Dan? Anyone else catch your eye particularly uh, against Swansea? Well, I mean, it goes without saying that every game, Campbell, Alan Campbell is just excellent. You know, he's, he's just someone who, who's so aggressive, he gets you on the front foot every single time, even out of possession. He just forces teams back. And when he wins it, he's just got so much better at driving with the ball and, and going 1v1 and being brave and hanging on to the ball a little bit longer and just backing himself a bit more. Um, whilst, you know, at the start of last year, he was just finding his feet a little bit. But now he's he's genuinely becoming a, a, a very, very good ball carrier at this level with his power. Um, and he just he just gets teams, he just gets us up the pitch. Um, and he reminds me of someone like Lewis O'Brien, who, who's just gone from Huddersfield to, to Nottingham Forest. You know, just so aggressive with everything they do, powerful, athletic, and can carry the ball and just get the team up. Um, yeah, absolutely outstanding. And I think to, Tom Lockyer and, and, and Dan Potts and Reese, but I mean, you could you could say everyone really, but I'll pick out Tom Lockyer because he hasn't started the league game yet. Again, just, just such a, just does his job brilliantly. Um, you know, nothing brilliant in possession, but we don't need that really. You know, it's all about being direct and, and getting the ball forwards. Um, fantastic when he came in and, and Potts next to him as well was superb. You know, I think with Dan Potts, it's very, he has very obvious strengths and very obvious flaws. Um, and I think for a game like Swansea away, we're going to have 28% of the ball. It's perfect for Dan Potts because he's going to defend the box brilliantly. He's a threat from set plays. 
1v1, comfortable defending in wide areas, fits that job on the left of the three perfectly. Um, obviously, when we have 50% of the ball, we're trying to break down Preston's low block, then that becomes a little bit more of an issue. But I think for a game like this, it's absolutely perfect. Um, and he was fantastic. And he captained as well and just says everything about him as a person and as a player for the, for the group. But you could you could go through everyone, to be honest. Um, you could go through everyone. Going back there to Alan Campbell, um, I said it pretty much after the game, he's either going to generate us a massive, massive fee in the future or he's going to become a Luton legend. He's, he's just in that mould already where he's just vitally important to what we do. Um, during the bad days, he's you know one of the top performers and during our, our best days, he's very, very, very influential. So it's yeah, a, a player that I love to have in our team. When he first came, he was that kind of bat- battler. Um, he was a player that, that broke up play, didn't really see him as a ball progressor. But as you say, the, the way he carries the ball forward now with athleticism, with that kind of intelligence in possession as well, um, good combination play, ability to, to really drive at defences and cause problems. And he, he's becoming that sort of all-round midfielder that, that can fulfil different roles. He can adapt to different systems. And I think we saw that again with Swansea, that he, he can thrive when he's deeper lying, but he can also join in with the attack and, and be a threat. Something that um, I'm hoping that we get to see for a few more years because I don't really I don't really want clubs to come sniffing around for him and, and giving us a, a decent fee. I want him at Luton as we as we continue this journey. Another player that you mentioned there, Tom Lockyer, shows strength and depth, I guess, bringing Lockyer back into the side and getting a clean sheet. You know, the defensive options have been questioned. Nathan Jones indicated that there may be a move for a defender before the close of the of the window, but Lockyer's come in and, and proven once again that he can do the uh, well, do more than just the shift. He can, defensively speaking, as you say, it's probably the perfect game for him, uh, heading and, and winning all his individual battles. Uh, progressed with the ball for, uh, quite well as well. Uh, something that probably you don't really associate with him, but at the same time, it, it's, it's good that these players are showing different qualities to their game. And then, as you say, Dan Potts is, is the one so far for me that sticks out this season. Um, I think you gave me a bit of a telling off one time when I said I didn't think that he's going to player uh, well I, I said I don't really rate him that highly going into the new season I think I, like a few other Luton fans I think I, I'd, I'd written him off but he's shown me something completely different this season and as I say I'm happy to be proved wrong in a positive way so Dan Potts fair play to yourself it's um very very good going another kind of area I want to say about Dylan the the wingbacks because again I was quite critical I think um we as a podcast were quite critical last week about uh, sorry James Bree and Amari Bell the performances they put in against Bristol City, but they hit back and particularly Amari Bell was just back to his his brilliant self. Yeah, and look that like every football, like all football fans, you know, there's a tendency to overreact, and you know Amari Bell didn't wasn't his best last week, and James Bree wasn't his best last week, but. These guys have, have played, you know, I think they played between them eighty over 80 games last year and started over 80 games um, in a team that got into the playoffs. As wingbacks in a system where wingbacks are absolutely everything in terms of creating things in wide areas, 
these guys are very, very good players and, and, you know, they have a bad game or they have a bad few games, they will come back because they're good. Um, and I think, I think Bell is, is someone who is, is really interesting because, and, and it will be really interesting to see what we do with him when Alfie Doughty is back fit, because I think Bell could be one of the big solutions in terms of how we can help break teams down who are maybe coming and recognising that in possession when we when teams give us the ball we struggle a little bit and can we just drop them into that three and just give us a little bit more penetration and 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 forward passing range and and ball carrying ability from that back three that we're missing a little bit um but and James Bree I mean his deliveries are absolutely outstanding um and some some games it's it's not going to work because he risk, takes risks with everything he does he's not doesn't play it safe doesn't just float it in he he puts whip on it he gets pace on the ball and and that's so much better for forward players to attack and so much more dangerous and not just for the first contact, but it's much more difficult to defend. So defenders won't get clean contact on the first ball. And then we get on the second one in, in and around the penalty box and we score. Um, like, like A bit like Alexander-Arnold, you know, so much of what he does is cause chaos with the first cross. And then the second ball is the one where Liverpool, Liverpool score. Not that they're scoring much at the minute. Um, but I think, you know, like that's that's what they are. They're quality wing backs, and they'll be and they're good players. So whatever they do is 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 going to be good for us, and they're going to be massive. And we have to help them out a little bit in terms of their load. They'll always be there, but they'll also sometimes be given a role at centre back. We've seen last season James Bree step into that that back three. Amari Bell, as we said, where there's that expectation that that he could join the back three when Alfie Doughty's fit. Um, as you say, something that, that could provide more penetration through the middle and, and playing through the thirds. Uh, another player that we should go on to mention, um, we mentioned game changes at the start of, of, of this podcast. Colton Morris sealed the three points. He, he took that step over onto his left foot, had an effort before that didn't quite come off. And then he did it again. And there was only going to be one end result. And that was, that was doubling our lead and, for him getting off the mark for for us to to pretty much at that point um, put us into a, a much safer position, that was uh, you know a perfect ten seconds. No surprise, it's what Carlton Morris does. He did it last year for Barnsley. Did it, you know? He's just good at that. You know, he's powerful, but he's really good in those situations. Um, really, really good, and he struggled a little bit against Burt against Preston. Sorry, you know, just playing back to goal a little bit too much. But you get him 1v1 and, and he's so powerful and technically such a good player and he finishes off both feet. Um, yeah, like no surprise there because he's just such a good player. Um, and he's, yeah, it takes... And and this is the thing, you know, we obviously it was a tough week and, and we aren't used to losing three games in seven days. It just doesn't really happen to us. Um, but it happened and I think it takes time for some players to bed in. It takes time for Carlton Morris to bed in. It takes time for... Corley Woodrow, you know, we haven't seen the best of him yet. But these guys, it will take time. And, and Carlton Morris is a quality forward. He'll score goals. He'll get 10 goals for us minimum this year. Um, but he, again, like he can finish off both feet. And, and that's so underrated, but so important. Because if he can do that, he can take the defender one way, go the other and bang it bottom corner like he did. Um, but so pleased for him as well, because that will just do his confidence wonders. And, and, and just maybe just show everyone that this is why we've signed him. This is why we've spent what was probably a very big fee um, because he's, he's fantastic and, and we're very, very lucky to have him. I reckon that that step over and then onto the left could be a common theme of this season for, for Carlton Morris, isolating that defender and then putting it in the bottom corner. If I was a betting man, I'd, I'd, I'd have a little bit of money on him doing that at least five times this season. 
maybe not all to to change the game in the way he did, but you know, you get you get him one on one with a with a defender. He'd done it I don't know about five minutes before that and didn't really get the strike away cleanly enough. But yeah, it was taken expertly, pretty much secured the, the three points at that time. Um yeah, one thing I did want to mention was Swansea. Um it's not very often that teams put up as little fight as they did. They just wasn't they, they just rarely threatened. Um I know a lot of that's to do with, with the performances of Luckier, Potts and Burke. But you know, players like Joel Pirro and Oberfemi saw so so little joy and these are players that, you know, were were expected to have a really good second season. Joel Pirro you know, we've we seen firsthand last season what happens if, if you give him a bit, a bit of time. But I guess we didn't afford him any of that time and, and that resulted in him having a real poor game. Yeah, I think that's as much to do with what we did. Um, I think it's everything in terms of what we did because they can, like like NJ said after the game, they can tear teams apart. They did it to Millwall and somehow managed to draw after two, I think it was two stoppage time own goals or something crazy like that. Um, but they can tear you apart if you don't get it right. And, you know, we back ourselves to go 1v1 all over the pitch and we say we're, we're not going to give Joel Pirro away any time and we're going to go 1v1, we're going to mark closely, we're going to do everything. You know, they play like a box midfield. Um, so naturally they have 3v4, 4v3 in there against us and then we just step pots onto Pirro away like we did all game um, to make it 4v4. And, and we back ourselves in those situations. And, and But the organisation was wonderful. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, and, it, it, and like NJ said after the game, it was just back to us. You know, watch the game back, and it, and it was just us. It was a just it, you could have watched back so many games from last year. You could have watched back the Swan, the our, our game against them away last season, and it just felt like us. You know, we just felt so secure out of possession, did the basics well, got the ball forwards, turned them, threat from set pieces, clinical where we needed to be, game changers coming on, changing the game late on, and just just oh, just everything spot on in that sense. Um, and it just, we just looked like us again compared to Bristol City, where we were just doing crazy things, um, which is really good. So you know what? Like they've got very, very, very good players. They haven't started the season brilliantly. Um, they're a very good team, though, and I think that was everything to do with what our guys did and and how we set up and how we executed what we wanted to execute. As we say, much needed three points, much needed performance. As we now go into a very Exciting clash at this point um, against Sheffield United, current league leaders. Um, guess looking at the game from both teams, Luton, Kenilworth Road under the lights. Of course, we're going to be confident, but Sheffield United sitting top of the league, still possessing some very, very strong players. Um, whether Standard Bird will still be there um, in, in the rest of the summer, that, that remains to be played out. But they are a team full of quality full of players that can hurt you in different positions and you know if it any lapse of concentration they can hurt you so it's going to be an entertaining clash not one that I expect to be nil nil like the last time we, we played them um it's got you know Friday night as well we do like a Friday night game at Kenilworth Road it's got all the makings to be a good one it has it has and it'll be a huge chat it'll be a huge challenge for us because you know they're they're top of the league for a reason. They're a fantastic team. They have got an unbelievable squad. You know I think when they played, you know they beat Blackburn three nil. Who Blackburn are starting the season unbelievably well. They beat them three nil, and they had Chris Basham, Brian Brewster, Tommy Doyle, James McTee, and Illiman Ndi all on the bench. 
that's crazy, you know. And, and they're they're such they're, they're, and to, you know they started Ollie McBurney, Norwood, Sander Burge, as you say. I would, you know, they Reese Norrington Davis in a back three, you know. Um, I don't think anyone needs to to go into that one, but um, they're a very very good team, and and it's no surprise where they are because they've got Premier League players, um, and it will be huge huge test. But you know, as you say, Kenilworth Road under lights Friday night. We are, you know, we've just had our first win, so we're on a real high, um, and we'll back ourselves to win anything. So it'll be a really good game, and and I think last year at home it was nil nil. Um, if we got a nil nil, yeah, I think that would be okay, um, because we know I guess Sheffield United are going to dominate the ball. Um, so we'll see how it goes, but it's just exciting, you know. It's 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 nice to see that we always knew it and we we haven't been a million miles off we haven't been a million apart from bristol city we haven't been a million miles off where we should be and it's just been we've been killed by the fine margins that it just happens in elite sport um just the fine margins you know preston brad potts just decided to do that which <laughs> well done brad potts um and and we just didn't show enough quality around the final third and um, we weren't a million miles off and I, I think it's just good to see that we're back and, and no matter what happens on friday we know that we're still that team. We're still that team. We're still that disciplined team. We're still that team that we saw last year that got into the playoffs. Um, and I think just a reminder as well, you know, we where were we at Christmas last year before we kind of had that month-long break and versus where were we at the end of the, se- at the, end of the season? There was a big difference. And, and I think it's just, it's early days. So let's just give some of these guys time to bed in. Um, and But just knowing that, we, we, you know, we are who we are and, and, and we're, not, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. You mentioned there Reese Norrington Davis as part of a back three. That doesn't really sit right with me. Um, I think when we seen him last, well, what, during his spell with us, he reminds me a little bit of what Alfie Doughty brings. So to see him in a back three, I, I don't watch enough Sheffield United to, to fully understand that. But to me, he's somebody that bums up and down the down the wing. He's um, improving on his quality of delivery. Um, a little bit erratic, so in a back three that that I don't know. You probably know a little bit more about me than, than Sheffield United, but that is what I would see as an opportunity to to try and at least exploit. Yeah, I think it's a difficult one with with him because obviously he's got. Uh, well, I think Max Lowe is is starting a left wing back now, um, and Max Lowe is better than him, and and Ender Stevens I think is injured, but. You know, obviously, Ender Stevens is is better than him as well. So it's a difficult one. I think Reese Norrington Davis, he, he's never. I don't think he's ever affected things in the final third as well as people thought he could. Um, but again, it's it's kind of that position, isn't it? It's it's that position where we where we we've got the Dan Potts scenario where we're thinking, what can you get ball progression from the wide players in your back three? And I think he fits that. He, he definitely does, but. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I think, I think defensively he's he's probably a bit stronger than than he is going forwards, and I, I just think he do, he has struggled. He does struggle to affect things in in the final third. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad move. I think actually it might suit him a little bit better um, in terms of creativity, but also compared to other players in the squad. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a it's a difficult one with him. And and look, hopefully we can, you know, I, I don't want to be mean, but you know, let's let's. Yeah, I'm going to say anything, but let's you know let's go and and show him that you know we're we're still you know we're a strong club and he'll know that. Um, but look, it's not about any player. It's not about recent Norrington Davis. Um, it's about Luton Town and and what we do. 
Um, but yeah, no, I, I think with that role, it, it probably suits him a little bit better just because he struggles to affect things in the final third as much as, as he'd probably like to. And looking at their, their squad in general, there have been a lot of rotation that they can afford to because like Luton, they've got a very strong wider squad. It's not just the starting eleven. Um One player that I've mentioned already that, that scares the hell out of me is Sander Berger. Um, one of the most complete central midfielders that there is. Somebody that, that real, provides real attacking threat. He can split defences. He can travel with the ball very, very well. Definitely, definitely Premier League level quality. But whether that happens, whether he does make a move to Premier League or, or wherever the next destination could be, that's going to be an interesting one. But also can fill in a little bit deeper. I think last time we played, well, when we played them at Kenworth Road, he played in a little bit of a deeper role and, and was still was influential. So he, for one, is a player that, that will scare me coming into the game. Yeah, they've got you know like Red Akadra as well from from Black well from Brighton sorry but he enjoyed a, a spell with Blackburn last year Illiman and Jai there's just a lot of players that can cause us harm but you know I'm sure Nathan Jones has got the the presentation out and is outlining all this and and putting that plan in place we we prevented Piro and Oberfemi from seeing any joy at the weekend there's no reason why why we can't nullify their attacking threats as well. Yeah, and I think what you know what you say about Sander Berger, like you know, we should be scared of him because not scared of him, but you know, he's just he's not a championship player. He's an absolute monster. He progresses the ball. He carries the ball. He, as a creative passer, he's outstanding. He wins his defensive duels like anyone. Like he's just the ultimate all-round central midfielder. Gets into goal-scoring areas, and and yeah, he's fantastic. And yeah, we we definitely need to keep him quiet. But again, look, this is why they're top of the league because they have got players like Sander Berger who can just do that um, and do all those things. So, yeah, you know, I think let's not forget we've beat, we've beaten teams last season who were fantastic. You know, we, when Fulham came to Kenilworth Road, for example, I think that was a, that was, no, that was a Saturday game, I think. And, and they were absolutely flying and smashing teams, but we did a really good job and I think we should have beaten them. Um, I think Mitrovic scored, didn't he? But, you know, we should have beaten them. We were the better side and, so we back ourselves against anyone um, but there's a reason why they're top of the league and we have to give them that respect um, but not too much respect as you say there are well you sort of hinted there at uh, our record against teams that eventually finished in the top six last year at home very very good you look at the forest game you look at bournemouth obviously a, a what one that will live long in the memories of us Luton fans but we tend to give teams that tend to do very well very good games at Kenilworth Road and given that it's under the lights given it's a Friday night it just adds excitement and potential atmosphere to this one and and one that us Luton fans would probably be quite confident going into yeah I mean everyone loves for Kenny the Kenny under lights and it'll be a special atmosphere um I'm really looking forward to it and you know if we hadn't if we hadn't beaten Swansea, there would have been a lingering pressure because we obviously haven't won a game and then we're going and playing Sheffield United. Um, and even though we haven't been a million miles off it, if we'd got a point, say, away at Swansea, there's still that feeling, you know, you want to win games and, and that's what football's about at the end of the day, you've got to win games. Um, so there would have been that lingering fear, but I think we've got that first win off our backs and showing everyone what we're about now. So th- th- it's kind of, you know, Nathan Jones will never approach a game with a free from a free hit point of view because no game is a free hit. Every game is is the chance to get three points. But 
I think with with their quality and 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 that would just give us that little bit of confidence. There's no kind of pressure on us in terms of oh, we haven't got a first win yet. We need to get a first win under our belts and Sky coming and talking for ages about how we haven't won a game yet and how we've fallen away after the playoffs and all that nonsense. Like we'll we'll be we'll there'll there'll be real confidence that we can go and do something because we're a good team and not because we need it and not because we have to win a game because and, and that that can do everything from a psychological point of view. So. We'll back ourselves to win and, and really go in there with that positive mindset as opposed to maybe a little bit of a, if we hadn't won or, you know, we need to get a first win under our belts, we need to get a first win. Dylan, I'm I'm lost these days. I don't know anymore if Sky TV is a curse or not. Remember back in the day, it always was, but I think our record has improved when Sky is at Kenilworth Road. I know Sonny Bradley, for one, is, is a player that, that thrives with Sky in attendance, so be interesting to see if that plays a part well look let's be honest I mean last time we were on Sky I'm well, apart from the playoffs last time we were on Sky um Oi and Nilan decided to drop the ball and let Cornick take it and we won one nil to get into the playoffs so I think if anyone says there's any kind of curse the curse of Sky that that's absolute nonsense like I mean we literally got the greatest gift we could have possibly got to get into the playoffs on Sky so yeah you know I don't think there is but um I don't think it really makes a difference I think I think I think yeah, but maybe of old, maybe of old that that was that was the case because we know. Ne- I just remember we never used to win on TV, but I think now I think I think we're fine. I, I don't think there's any of that anymore. We've spoken a little bit there about Sheffield United and where they can hurt us. We'll flip it round. We'll t- talk about Luton where we can hurt them. At this point, it's difficult to determine who that front two will be, but any combination is likely to give Sheffield United problems. I know they've they've had the new guy that's come in. I'm not gonna try the pronunciation because I'll absolutely butcher it, but it's um it's a difficult one, I know that. We've spoken about Norrington Davies there, probably a, a the probably the weakest link in that in that back line. Doesn't necessarily mean he's he's a bad player or anything, but it's the quality of the other two. Do you think it's gonna be power and athleticism that that out does a team like Sheffield United or, you know, a Corley Woodrow come in and, and be a little bit more creative, uh, dropping in and, and linking the play more. What would you go for in, in terms of that front line? Well, we know Elijah will start, so that's a given. Um, I, I, it's a really difficult one because obviously now we've got five subs, we can do so much with that. So obviously Admiral Musquay is not, you know, not ahead of Carlton Morris and Cameron Jerome, but he still went on, did a job. And then we got Carlton Morris and Cameron Jerome on for the last 30 to affect the game. So I actually think in terms of talking about who starts is not very, it's important, but it's not as important as it used to be. Um, so it will 100%, yeah, Elijah will start and he'll play 70, 80, 90 minutes, maybe, probably like, probably about 70 minutes. Um, and then it just depends on on what we think. I, I, I think we might go with... Um, I think we could go with Jerome from the start, potentially, just to give us that bit more directness. And, and obviously, Jerome's really strong in the air. And in big and in big games last year, we we used Jerome and Elijah quite a lot. Obviously, that was without Carlton Morris. Um, so, or maybe you know, it, maybe we're inclined to give Carlton Morris a start because he he was so good when he came off the bench. But I think because obviously we've got seven subs on the bench, six of them will come on minus the goalkeeper. Um, you know, we had. I don't think we, yeah, we had Gabe Osho was our only defender on the bench. So, and the back three will probably play play 90. So I think then that leaves seven players, wing backs, three centre mids and two centre forwards. 
seven players, five of which can be subbed. So actually, who who starts is a lot less relevant. Um, and how we balance quality over 90 minutes is a lot more important in terms of at what moments do we get certain players on the pitch? How can we make sure that we're at absolute maximum for 90 minutes? Um, but, but yeah, so it'll be Elijah and I'll probably say Morris from the start, but we could then decide to go with Jerome, play Jerome for 50 minutes and then get Carlton Morris on for the last 45, 40 minutes or so. It's it's hard to predict because it just changes the way that, that Nathan Jones will think about his game plan and, and ability to just change stuff mid-game. I think we've seen this season that we've probably got more chance on the lottery than predicting Luton 11s at the moment. It's um, it's always been difficult, but that added layer of competitiveness within the squad this year has just made it a, a real impossible job. So I won't get you to do any more of these squad predictions. It's just, just the front line I'll, I'll, I've asked you now. So that is out the way. I guess another... Um, thing to talk about in regards to this game is that if we do go on to, to win again we, we've had that boost from the Swansea victory if we, we do go on and, and see another three points we you know jump back into the top half of the table most likely and then you know the, the slight blip with, with Preston and, and Bristol City may not be forgotten about but it will be further back in the minds than than probably would have imagined at that point well, yeah, it's, I think it's too early to be looking at the table. I mean, we've, we're 18th on five points and Hull is sixth on eight points. So, you know, it literally just, I don't think you can really look at the table until 10 games. Um, obviously, you need to stay in. I think the main thing is you just stay in con- stay in touch with, with teams. You don't allow yourself to slide too far away. Um, but it, it's, it's so early to be looking at the table. Um, that It's more about performances now and, and how are we looking? How are players settling in so that we can really go for it um, later on? But I think as long as we just stay in touch with with teams, obviously it's nice to be you know in the top six or whatever. Um, but I think as long as we just stay in in touch with with that kind of area of the table for the next four or five games, and after ten games in a in a in a decent enough place, then then that's absolutely fine um, because that's when you know we can really look at it and start to figure out where we are. Um, but I just think it's too early to be honest to be looking at the table. I'll now come for the prediction. I'll, I'll come for two predictions today. I'll come for the score prediction as usual. Also come for um, a Luton possession percentage prediction, just because it's a bit of a common theme um, of this episode. Uh, we, we've spoken before, well, we've spoken during this as well, about um, the, the fact that we believe we've got a very, very good record against teams when we've had less than say 40% possession. Uh, is it going to follow follow that trend, do you think, on Friday evening? Do you think we can see under that 40% mark? Yeah, probably. Um, you know, they've got players like Norwood and Fleck and, and the back three are good in possession, you know, especially the wide ones. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll have probably like 35% of the ball, probably probably that, somewhere around that. Um, but not that that matters. So yeah, that's my that's my possession for Oak Road Hatter podcast first the possession prediction I'll, I'll say 35 percent um <laughs> on friday um and in terms of score prediction um i think i think we'll i think we'll do something i think we'll win 2-1 um i can just feel something coming on because i just think we're in a good place at the minute um but i think a point would be a good result as well so regardless and um, i i think 2-1 win you know when you think of something in your head and it's a lot more entertaining than it comes out um yeah, I think that possession 
prediction sort of falls into that category. I thought it was going to be um, more, yeah, I thought it was going to be better in my head than than I made it out. That was probably one of the most ridiculous questions I could have I could have put to you. And fair play for giving me a an answer without laughing in my face because yeah, that was that wasn't one of my finest minutes. But we'll go to the score prediction. Um, as you say, all the ingredients are there. It's Friday night. It's, of course, under the lights at Kenworth Road, Luton, Boyd by the win at Swansea. I'm going to go for a 1-0 Luton win. I think we're going to put in the performance and get the result. And we'll start climbing up the table once again. I said, I know you said we won't look at the table and, and take it very seriously until 10 games. But of course, you, you want to be in a position where you can climb the table. And um, yeah, I, I think this could be a good good opportunity for a statement as well as we as we look to try and better last season's sixth place finish and secure a, a seventh consecutive season of improving on our position on the Football League pyramid. Well, that is all that we have for today. A big thank you to you, Dylan. Until next week, it's goodbye from us. And if you like what you've heard today, please take a look on Spotify and rate us. And also look on your other podcast providers. Also look at our socials. We are, of course, at Oak Road Hatter on Twitter. We are Oak Road Hatter on Facebook. And on Instagram, we are Oak Road Hatter Pod. And of course, we hope we can return three points before the next podcast week. Until then, it's been The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.